We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk along with Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got we've got Notre Dame quarterbacks to talk about, both uh, short term and long term. We've got some stuff from Jack Swarbrick. We're going to talk about. We've got some Sam Hartman stuff. We're going to talk about. It's just it's so full of things. Before we get to any of that, though, I want to be sure and wish all the veterans out there. Happy early Veterans Day to all my fellow veterans of all services. Uh, veterans Day observed is tomorrow, Friday. The, the actual Veterans Day is Saturday. Happy Marine Corps birthday as well on Friday to all the devil dogs out there, like our old pal Tommy Guns, who celebrate my dad, a uh, Marine Corps veteran as well. And uh, of course, you know, I, I've I've always kind of like kind of like why does the Marine Corps make such a big deal about their birthday? The Army is actually older than the Marine Corps by like five months, I think. The Navy is actually a little bit older than the Marine Corps, but you know, of course, leave it to the Marines. Got to have their own special thing. Can't just be Veterans Day. It's got to be Marine Corps birthday as well. I is this why you're wearing your salute to service gear? Is I did. Is that- I wore. A, Put on my Cowboys salute to service shirt today, but happy Veterans Day, happy Marine Corps birthday, the whole thing out there this weekend. How are you today, Jess? Um, I'm good. Easy day of work. Uh, finally got some projects submitted, so it's kind of uh, coming down off the cliff of, of being super busy. I had so much free time the last day that I built my own NBA betting sheet projection sheet that i've been trying to explain right. to you the last couple of days so that should show my uh my level of of busyness the last couple of days but i'm really excited i i feel like i'm on to something here at least one thing came true or at least one one bet the one i was most the one i was most like certain of hit and that felt pretty good have to keep working on it keep tweaking it tinkering see how it goes that's right well, we are talking about quarterbacks today, and uh, it, you know it's it's been um, 
shall we say, a hot topic of conversation, especially yeah. since last Anything offense has been a hot topic of discussion. It has. It has. And we're going to talk specifically about how Notre Dame should handle the quarterback situation going forward. And this is multifaceted. There's, there's a, it's really a couple of different topics within, within one, because you've got both the short-term situation and you've got the long-term situation. And both of them really have to be addressed in relatively short order. The short-term is, you know, it's like the, uh, the fire closest to the derriere as a coworker of mine used to say and still does former co-worker of mine would say I get he still says it I guess the fire closest to the butt is what he says we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The holiday season is upon us, which makes my schedule a lot busier, and I know it does yours too. And that can make it a lot harder to make healthy meals at home. And that's why Angela and I are happy we found Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Factor can help you fuel up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. I'll be honest, we were skeptical when we first tried Factor, but it took one meal each and we were sold. Once I got done looking through all their different options, we decided to jump on board because there are so many tasty options. We use Factor for dinners, but they also have great options for breakfast and lunch, and their Gourmet Plus options are outstanding. That's why I'm excited to have Factor partnering with Irish Breakdown. So head to factormeals.com irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish to get 50% off your purchase today. The short term, as in the next two games, Wake Forest and Stanford. And there are a lot of people who think that, well, you know, Notre Dame is 7-3. and three. You just lost this ugly game to Clemson. They're 7-3. and three. There's no year, New Year's Six Bowl to play for. It's out of the question now. So why are you wasting your time with this grad transfer, Sam Hartman, who hasn't played well, you know? All the big picture stuff is is out of the question. So roll with Steve Angeli and or Kenny Menchie. And Sam Hartman needs to find his way to the bench. So let's talk about this short-term issue first. Wake Forest, Stanford. What do you think, Jess? Do you do you buy into this 
play for the future, roll out the two young guys, or you know, at least one of the young guys out there, if not both of them, and send Sam Hartman packing, or what should they do in these next couple of games? Uh, me personally, I think that Notre Dame should continue to roll with Sam Hartman as their quarterback. Um, and this will be what I'm about to say. I know a lot of people would rebuttal and say, well, Sam Hart, we don't owe Sam Hartman anything, but Sam Hartman still made a conscious decision to use his last year of eligibility at the university of Notre Dame. And the goal was to help Notre Dame and Notre Dame would help him in his draft stock. Like that's, that's gotta be the, you know, the number one kind of overarching goal for both sides of this kind of, I guess you could call it transaction, right? Well, Sam Hartman hasn't played as probably well as, you know, anticipated and Notre Dame hasn't performed as well as anticipated. So now the question has become, what do you do with a quarterback? That's going to be no service next year, right? Like there's nothing to gain. He's going to provide no benefit for the, for the upcoming seasons. But what I would say is that, that, that this team is still comprised of a lot of players other than Sam Hartman. And you can't compromise their rest of the season just because you don't feel like these games have any meaning. These games still mean a lot to a lot of, you know, seniors or guys who are potentially going to be graduating. Basically anyone who won't be playing football uh, next year at Notre Dame, these games are still meaningful, right? Like this is how you're ending your college career. No one just wants to be a part of this experimental guinea pig of what happens next. And I would say that the bigger point or overarching point would be that, there's no guarantee that you win these games with Angeli or Minchie as your See, quarterback. You roll Angeli out there or Minchie out there and you lose the game, I think you're even in more heat than last season. And you can't, you really, really can't afford to lose either of these last two games. And Sam Hartman still gives you the best chance to win those games. You don't know what you're going to get out of anyone else. You at least have a good idea of what you're going to get from Sam Hartman. You can't treat these games like exhibition games just because there's no New Year's Six Bowl to play for. And you just can't treat them like an exhibition game. So now we're just going to throw anybody out there and just kind of experiment. The only question to ask is, who gives your team the best chance to win? And, and that's quarterback, that's any position on the field. That It's just like any other game. Because these games matter to both Marcus Freeman and the program because they are seven and three. Like there's a big difference between seven and five and nine and three. If the, you know, if difference. they were to lose these next two games, uh, like a massive difference between nine and three and seven and five, especially as a head coach and the state of your program and everything else going forward. If, if you're, you know, if you're in the, let's start Steve Angeli boat or Kenny Minchie or whatever it happens to be. Are you going to be happy if they start him and then they lose the next two games because you just said, well, we've got to play for the future here. We've got to develop this quarterback, see what he's got, that kind of stuff. If Steve Angeli, if the coaching staff actually thinks that Steve Angeli does, or Kenny Minchie, give them the best chance to win, then okay. Go with that, but I don't think that that's what they think. I, I, I think Steve Hart or Steve Hartman, Sam Hartman, still gives them the best chance to win, and that's why I think you've got to stick with Sam Hartman because again, the goal is to win these games. These are not exhibition games, and if you lose these games because of who you 
put on the field and or who you don't put on the field, you're going to feel a heck of a lot worse after the fact, especially if you're Marcus Freeman and you're trying to build this, you know, continue to build this program in, in the shape that you want to going forward. I agree with that. And, you know, the thing is, if you really think that Steve Angeli or, or Minchie would perform better than Sam Hartman, you're just sadly mistaking. Like if Sam Hartman is having issues in this offense and it's, and it's, you know, whatever, you know, maybe he's not making the reads properly pre-snap, whatever it might be. How is Steve Angeli with zero experience, a better option than Sam Hartman with five plus years of experience, right? Like if a guy of Sam Hartman's caliber is going to struggle there's no way that that Angeli or Menchi wouldn't struggle because they're just not near, you know, the same skill level or experience level that Sam Hartman provides at the end of the day. And I just I think that the ultimate way to approach these games is how you approach Navy, how you approach Pittsburgh. If you really want to see these guys in there and develop, then go out there and take care of business against crappy teams and get a lead. Starters got to get it done. That's right. That's 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 the way you approach all of it in terms of getting guys on the field and getting them that, ex, you know, that experience. Mr. 2.0 says, I don't know why people still act like we shouldn't play for a better season than they had last year still on the table. It, it is. It's absolutely still on the table. Even if it's only a one game increment, there is still a chance at a better season than the season before. And no, it hasn't worked out the way anyone wanted it to work out so far but i just don't think you i i don't think you go this drastic and you're just gonna you're just gonna disregard everything now and push all your chips into the well we've got to see what we've got with these guys so we've got to start them it's it's just the same as it's always been like joe says let sam run at the score if he can on wake forest then put in uh then boom pull him then pull okay then pull him same for stanford uh, yeah basically it's just what you said jess the starters go out there they do their jobs and then you get the reserves in as much as possible I, but even then i don't have a problem if you want to work steve angeli and or kenny minchie in at some point and you know over the course of the game before it's you know 35 to nothing or whatever at halftime or at the end of the third quarter you know whatever it happens to be like if you've got a two touchdown lead say and you decide okay let's let Steve Angeli have a series in the second quarter i've got no problem with that Do, what, like what do you think about that is that too soon is there a threshold is there you know kind of a mark that you look at where you'd be willing to do that, I've got no problem working him in for a series or two in the course of the game, even if it's not a complete blowout situation. No, I don't have a problem with that either, actually. And I think that you have to do it in a way like it can't be like the Brian Kelly type situation where if Sam Hartman goes out there and he's having a bad couple of series, you just pull cord and put Steve Vangeli in there. I think that you have to have you have your offense has to look good. It has to you. You have to have some sort of lead, um, and yeah, I just don't think there's a situation where Angeli is coming in in a close game, a game where Notre Dame is losing, a game where Sam Hartman might be struggling a little bit. I think that is where you might get into trouble because then it's then you're you're you're, you're potentially introducing discontinuity 
within the offense. That's not who the offense practices with. That's not, you know, that's not who, who this, the offensive line is used to in cadence, all of those things. And so I'm all aboard getting Angeli in there, but I, again, I think you have to have a sizable lead before you do that. I don't think there's any situation where you bring them in, in a close game. Well, again, what's your definition of close? (laughs) That's why I said two touchdowns or more. I would say three, four score game, three to four touchdown lead. Okay. Even if it's only one drive, like you're going to say, okay, one drive. Yeah. Series, one possession, whatever it happens to be. Sloppy Joe, I thought brought up a good point. If Pine or Buckner were the ones who had five touchdowns and seven picks over their last six games, would Angeli be in? At quarterback, I think it's a legitimate I, question. I think that it you would see a lot more uh, what we were just kind of talking about. Maybe some rotation at quarterback. Maybe this guy gets the first two series. Maybe the next guy gets the next two series. I think that that would definitely be a stronger possibility if the quarterback wasn't named Sam Hartman. Let me ask you. I kind of want to pose a question to you. If you had okay. to pick right now. Would you bench Sam Hartman for the last two games, or would you fire Jared Parker for the last two games? <laughs> wow. I mean, you're coming in hot. So I've got to pick one of those two gotta things. Got to pick one of those two things. Wow. If it came That's, down to uh, I've got I'm not to saying do that one this or is, the other. I'm not saying that this would happen, and I'm not saying you're advocating for either of these. I'm just saying if, you know, point blank, a decision had to be made, and they were seriously trying to look up to find ways to change, which one would you do? Would you hand over the reins to a different quarterback or would you hand over the reins to a different offensive coordinator? The problem with this is we still don't know the entire inner workings of exactly who is to blame, you know, who, you know, like head coach, offensive coordinator, you know, like who wants what done. Exactly. Right. Right? We don't know if Jared Parker is running the offense that his head coach wants him to run or if Jared Parker is completely to, you know, like it it definitely sounded like with some of the spooked comments and stuff like that, that like Marcus Freeman, I think you might have said it was pointing as close to a finger as we've ever seen him point, you know, like, yeah, things need to change. We've heard these other things coming up. So I guess my point is, if you bench Sam Hartman, but Jared Parker is still going to remain your offensive coordinator going forward, then what good does it really? What matter? good does it do? Yeah, what good is a new do? face on a di- on the same situation? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You've still got the same guy, you know. So if if that's going to be the case, and I don't think like this is not an Alex Grinch situation. This is not a Brian Van Gorder situation. (laughs) This offense does not look good. And Sam Hartman has obviously not performed at an optimal level for the last five, uh, yeah, five games with the seven interceptions. So like, I, I don't think that, that firing Jared Parker with basically three games to go, including the bowl game, I don't think it accomplishes anything right now. So I would not do that. So I guess, again, <laughs> if you're asking if you had me to. between the two, if I have to make a pick, I would probably go with the younger quarterback rather than jettison the offensive coordinator with two games to go. 
Nice. Okay. I was just curious. I know it was a long way to get there. So what's <laughs> uh, what's your answer since you you know sprung sprung it on me? <laughs> um, I think I thought one way, and then I heard what you said, and it made a lot of sense. Because I don't think you're just going to come up with a new scheme in the last two weeks out of thin air, right? Like you're you're probably going to do a lot of the same stuff that you've been practicing all year. Maybe maybe you come up with some new routes or you know again some route running concepts or something like that. But you have to start looking at what ultimately could be changed in a span of two weeks. I think the only time you could really see some potential change is between the end of season and and then until the bowl game. That could be that would be a potential window to maybe work on some stuff, but I think I lean towards you as much as I want to say Jared Park. I think it logistically would make more sense that it would be Sam Hartman. And then I think the last point that I would try I would like to make in kind of this argument is: say you play Angeli or Menchi, is that really the guy that you're rolling with to start the season next year? Like, are you, if you really are trying to get these guys experience? Again, is that really who's going to be your starter at the start? You know what I mean? Is that that's who you're taking in to Texas to College Station next year, Steve Angeli? That's the guy who's well, leading your program. You know there there is a line of thinking, and I saw this mentioned on the boards within the last couple of days that you know someone one of our subscribers was saying that he doesn't generally favor going out and and going to the transfer portal to bring in a starting quarterback for next year with the exception of that's where you're starting off next season at Texas A&M. And do you want an in, inexperienced quarter? It's you're basically a notch below where you were last year. I mean, that was, that was, that was the argument last year. Why didn't you go out and get a grad transfer quarter or, you know, a transfer portal quarterback. You started off the season at Ohio state with Tyler Buckner. They played, you know, and now Texas A&M, there's talent on that roster. We all know that they're not nearly as good as Ohio state though, but it is a road game. And I mean, look at the way they're playing on the road this year. I mean, that is one of the biggest arguments for going out and getting a transfer portal quarterback. Like if you look at it just from that perspective, how much does that influence, you know, we talked about the short-term and the long-term aspects of this quarterback situation. The long, long-term long aspect is the transfer portal part of it that's coming up here in the offseason. And that is all being evaluated as we speak. And they might know exactly what they're going to do or, you know, at least have an idea of what they're going to do at this point. So what do you think about that? How much does that influence whether or not you're going to go get a portal quarterback because you open up the season next year at Texas A&M. And it is, by the way, as we've talked about on the show before, it is a much more forgiving schedule next year than this year. And can you make the case that you should be able to navigate, you know, with, with that A&M road game to open up the season being a tough test for a young inexperienced quarterback, but should you be able to navigate the schedule they're going to have next year with a younger inexperienced quarterback 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I think if you were to pick a season <laughs> that that would be best to restart or, or you know set that foundation of quarterback development, next year is is a really good year to do it because you have your your first your toughest game is at the well not toughest but you're probably most anticipated one of your most anticipated games of the season is the very first one so you get that one out of the way you have a very favorable you know schedule after that and then like someone mentioned in the chat it's it's the new playoff format you don't have to worry about going undefeated and have that pressure anymore as Notre Dame and 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 so what is that new kind of era look like for Notre Dame is two losses acceptable is I, I know one and no losses would be acceptable. Um, I don't think three losses will get you into the new playoff as well. And so you still have to work under the, you know, the operations of, we really can't lose afford to lose more than two games and say you drop that first game at Texas A&M. Well, now you got one more loss to play with, right. With the, with the remaining schedule. And so even though it's an easier schedule in terms of, you know, past schedules and it, and it allows for an opportunity maybe to let a younger quarterback get some of that experience. It's still a tricky situation to play with because again, you can only really afford to, to have two losses. In my opinion, I think the third loss is what will knock you out of. Um, I mean, everyone's assuming that just because you're going on the road and you've got an inexperienced quarterback means you're going to lose, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at the stuff in the chat right here and it's like, well, so just take the loss week one. I mean, what if you've got the better roster overall and the quarterback you're going to put on the field is going to be young and inexperienced, but still pretty good. You know, like you, you can't let one game influence your entire philosophy on how you want to develop it's the most important position on the roster. Either you believe in these guys or not at some point. And you've got to make that decision because you've been recruiting them. And, and Jelly is still kind of, he's a little bit more on that bubble in terms of, you know, like obviously Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr are what you would call the true Freeman era quarterback recruits. Right. So like, right. And Jelly came in at the same time, but at the same time, he wasn't necessarily being recruited actively by the guy who is currently the head coach of the program right now. It was a different guy. But I, I think that we've generally pretty much synced up on the fact that at some point, if you are a legit program and you're recording, you're recruiting rather the right kind of guys, the right kind of talent at quarterback. You're going to have to roll the dice at some point and not necessarily roll the dice, but you're going to have to roll with your guy 
at some point. You're going to have to put someone on the field who is not going to have a ton of experience, but who is going to be talented, and there is a lot of upside, and you have faith that over the long haul can elevate your program. It's just a matter of are you doing it next year? Are you doing it the year after? When are you going to do it? Because you've got to do it at some point. Yeah, and I think and next I, year is the perfect year to do it. I do too. I do too. With the schedule Even that's, if that that's means presented. maybe you take a little bit, yeah, you might take a little bit of a lump, but you, it, you're not just writing off game one because no. you've got an inexperienced quarterback, but you might take a little bit of a lump, but next year's schedule is the kind of schedule that sets itself up that you should be able to ride with that, with, with young and inexperienced, but high upside quarterback next year. And then, you know, again, not writing anything off, but now you're building for the future and you're, you're setting the program up for success in the future. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of people are in the chat saying, oh, there's no way Notre Dame has a better roster than Texas A&M. Really? Because Texas A&M is five and four this year. Texas yeah. A&M last year was five and seven. The year before that, they were eight and four. Year before that, COVID year, they were and, nine and one. And Their when, best season and under when they bring in, and when Notre Dame brings the in the new year. batch of freshmen next year, it's gonna it's gonna keep getting better. I mean, they've had better recruiting classes than Texas A and M. Right. It's it's Texas if they have better recruiting classes. One, yeah, Texas A and M had one really good NIL class, and look what they've done with it. It hasn't it hasn't. It doesn't matter because with the roster they have, and apparently Jimbo Fisher, they still can't do better than Notre Dame. And so I don't buy it that Notre Dame doesn't have at least the same amount of talent on their roster than Texas A&M. And you can't convince me that Texas A&M just has this roster that's so so astoundingly better than Notre Dame. Notre Dame's had better recruiting classes. Notre Dame is getting again, their younger talent on the field earlier than Texas A&M right. is. And so right. I just – I really don't buy that. And again, are you going to let one game against Texas A&M – make your whole decision on what you know like your 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 blueprint your path like what you know how you're setting the program up like you're Notre you Dame one game to dictate the whole season yes and again you're Notre Dame you've been better than Texas A&M for how long like right. there's no reason just because yeah i mean it's it's a they've got a great environment down there, much better than a place like NC State, for example. When we, you know, talk about a home Texas A and M hasn't hit double digit wins since Kevin Sumlin's right. first year, and that that first year they made to the SEC with Johnny Menzel. They have not had double digit wins since that year, and you're trying to tell me that they are in a better place than Notre Dame? There's just no way. Notre Dame has more ten win seasons. They have more playoff appearances. They have more New York New Year six appearances. They have better recruiting classes since Marcus Freeman got here. There's just no way. And if you have a defense like you do this year, you can find a way for Angeli to win. If you're comfortable with going with Tyler Buckner against Ohio State at Ohio State, you could be comfortable with Steve Angeli at Texas A&M. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Especially, like, let's look at all the people who – you know, fell in love with Steve Angeli right away. So now you're doubting that just because you're going to Texas A&M? Yeah, okay. So they've got a nice, again, home field situation, home field environment, the whole thing. Crystal says, let's not forget next season the defense will be young. Well, 
at least some of it will be young. You're gonna, you're still going to have Benjamin Morrison back. You're still going to have Jaden Mickey back. You're going to have Christian Gray. That's a pretty good three to start with right there. You know, what's going to happen up front is still to be determined. And we were talking about last night. Who knows what the heck is going to happen? You got to remember all three of the linebackers at the top of the depth chart have another year of eligibility remaining. So while I know there's a lot of people who want to just see them all disappear as quickly as possible, there's no guarantee that, that that's happening. I would wager a large sum of money that at least one of them will be back next year. Oh, you're talking about sum of money. Me, me and Vince were talking about that. Yeah, me and Vince are talking about that. Everyone wants to see these linebackers go, but I guarantee, like you said, I guarantee I guarantee at Bertrand or one of the two of Bertrand or Maris will be back. Will be back. I don't think Kaiser, uh, I think Kaiser's role on the defense is continuously dwindling. And so I don't consider him as a guy who's potentially back next season for whatever reasons, at least in a starter role. Um, and so yeah, I I would I would be very comfortable wagering a good sum of money that either Bertrand or Maris Leafell will be back and be a starter again next season. Crystal says Mickey and Gray have how many starts? One starts on defense are overrated because you substitute freely in and out. And did you see how they played against Pittsburgh? I'd say they fared pretty well against Pittsburgh. Did you see that whole thing that. when I don't know if you saw this because you didn't see the first half and I don't know how much you got caught up since being back from Paris, but Marcus, I, I, there was a decision in the game during one of the early Clemson drives to rest Morrison and Cam Hart and yes. Mickey and Gray yes. came onto the field and got, got the ball moved on them. But that's a situation again, like I, I understand sitting guys, you know, for a couple of reps or I've never agreed with how they've gone about when they, when they plug young guys in there the last few years, you know, like, like, do you have to have both of them out there at the same time? Like, can right. you have Benjamin Morrison still on one side or Cam Hart on one side and one of the other two out there at the same time? And, you know, to just decide that you're going to give these two guys a whole series off together <laughs> does not make much sense. Did it feel like the right decision? No. But, uh, but they're both very good is my point. And the other point is it's college football. And, and college sports in general, turnover is part of the game. You've got to deal with it. Um, South Carolina women's basketball lost all five starters to the first round of the WNBA draft. Did it look like they showed it out there? <laughs> well, night? that's what good development looks like. It doesn't matter when you yes. continuously plug and chug yes. every season. Yes. And that's that's what you're supposed to be doing. And that's what Marcus Freeman has talked about is the development. And now, you know, again, like there, there are obvious issues with the quarterback position that have got to be figured out. Bobby Jesus follower Reeves. Thanks for the super chat. He says he likes Sam. The ceiling now is the pop tart bowl win. Big deal. See what you have in Kenny and Angeli. The last three games, let Sam focus on the NFL. See, I just disagree with that because again, Thanks for like, the chat, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, thanks for the super chat. The ceiling <laughs> might be a Pop-Tart Bowl win, but again, are you good with seven and six if that's what your plan produces for you? 
What's the floor if you lose those games? What are you playing right. in the freaking pinstripe bowl six. against Rutgers again? Right. Are you are you good with losing the last four games of the season and possibly losing, you know, every player on the roster for for making that decision? If if that's what it ends up being, and I'm not saying that like, oh, and Jelly Minchie are guaranteed to go lose these games. I'm just saying if because, you know, again, like you're willing to do it now. You're willing to say, and Jelly and or Minchie need to play now, but you're scared to death, and I'm not saying you specifically, Bobby Reeves, but the general sentiment of what we've seen in the chat, you're fully willing to throw these guys out there right now because, hey, we're 7-3 and three and there's nothing to play for right now. So let's turn these into exhibition games and just throw everybody on the roster out there to see what they can do. You're willing to do it now, but you're scared to death about Texas A&M next year, about a little bit of relative inexperience. First like, game of the season. Right. Is is the experience that Angeli or Minchie could gain in these next couple of games going to put them over the top when they go to Texas A&M? They're still not going to play in a true road environment before then. Well, you think Stanford is going to give them any true road test in a couple of weeks with the 15,000 people, if they're lucky, who are going to show up to watch that game? It's just like, I, I, so that's, I don't get the, 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 the double standard in some of these arguments when, when, when you start saying, well, you know, you should do this now, but, but next year, oh man, I'm scared to death of that. I just don't get it. Some of these recent comments are just making me chuckle. Quanta potential cannot be serious. Seven and six is a respectable <laughs> record. I'm happy if we can just get to 500. Anything else above that is all gravy and a successful season. Heck, MLB doesn't typically get past 500. Just look at the Pirates. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to assume that you're being very sarcastic there. Joe Allen says, will Sam really play in a bowl game, though? We'll, we'll kind of address that a little bit, I think, when we kick off rapid fire with um, with where he's being projected in terms of the NFL draft right now. I, I don't think that it's a lock that he sits out the bowl game, personally. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so either, actually. Um, and then another kind of thing that popped up. I think is, it'd be a lot different if he were playing like he did the first four games of the season. Yeah, and I I don't think a lot of people are you know uh, taking into the fact like that like Marcus Freeman doesn't want I, I don't think as a head coach you aspire to potentially just go out there and have some exhibition games with quarterbacks that you don't necessarily know what the result you're going to get and then potentially have like if, if Marcus Freeman lost these next two games is a regression from the season before you regressed in season yes. two. Than season yes. one, who what head coach aspires to regress? And you're also losing he games wants to in throw November. out some quarterbacks, right? Right, the games that you're matter also the losing most. games in November that yeah, which do matter the most. And Bobby with another super chat. So a pop tart bowl winner, seven and six, and a pinstripe bowl. Neither is a national championship or New Year's six. So who cares? I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, you know, <laughs> I get it, but again, I, I guarantee you that's not what Marcus Freeman. Is thinking I would much rather take because a ten and three record in the Pop Tart Bowl than a seven and six record in a in a in a pinstripe bowl win. Those are to yes. me. I know it's not a national championship, 
And I know it's not, you know, New Year's. Well, six. you're not going to win the pinstripe bowl if you're seven and six. You'd be right. You'd end up eight and five potentially at that point. But assuming you know you lost the other. This season. isn't this isn't a case of you know Ricky Bobby. It, it's not if you're not first, you're last type mentality. And I think that's kind of what Bobby Reeves is getting at here. Is is if you, if you're not in the big one, then what's it ultimately matter? You still have to take steps forward as a program, right? Like you can't honestly tell me that at the beginning of this season that. You expected Marcus Freeman in year two as a head coach with a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback coach, a new offensive line coach, that the expectations were literally national championship or bust. The expectations were to show progress and to show development among some of the key positions going forward. I think that they've shown progression in a lot of the key uh, positions except quarterback, and that's why we're having this discussion now, but as again, as a program, well, you can't, you can't just say that these games don't matter because there's still a lot in the table of the progression of a program as a whole, just because you didn't reach the national championship. Jeff Z says, have Sam play the rest of the way. Getting to 10 wins is a big deal. And that's one of the best points that I've heard all night, because I remember back in 2017 when they were sitting there, nine wins during the regular season, following the horrendous, 2016 season and the person that I used to work with always talked about what difference do these bowl games make they don't make any difference they're all exhibitions if they're not playoff games and blah 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 bs because this was my point you know one you know you can talk about young guys getting bowl practice and you know all the extra practice and reps and all that stuff but two as you sit back and you look at the previous you know the five years prior to marcus freeman you had five straight years of what double digit wins that's right and you look back and you can say well that extra win doesn't matter winning a bowl game doesn't matter but it absolutely does when you are a head coach and you are a program, and you can look back and point to, look at the run of double-digit wins that we have. That means a lot. And the narrative of your program, if you're Notre Dame, it sounds a lot different, and it looks a lot different as you look back you know, in the rearview mirror now at those seasons and see five straight seasons of double-digit wins. Because as we've seen the last couple of years, that is not always as easy as sometimes it was made out to look. Yeah, we got spoiled by how easy BK made it in his last few, you know, four or five seasons after that horrible, what was it, two and ten season, three and nine season? I can't remember whatever it was. But after that, he flipped the switch and he was just a ten-win machine. That's all he did is he won or ten eight, games yes. a year. Four and eight. <laughs> you know, what does it matter? We're getting caught up in the – in the in the minor in the minor details and i think there's a couple great comments in here you know uh programs aren't built in a season it took kirby smart with georgia and all of their four and five stars six years to overcome alabama and eventually win the national championship that's what i'm getting at like rome wasn't built in a day right marcus Freeman and and his building of this program and reconstructing it how he how he sees fit isn't done in two seasons. And so just because you don't reach the national championship, the new year's six, it's not just time to throw it out. There's still a meaningful progress for this program 
to make in these last two games going into the bowl game. These All of these games matter. They matter just as much as the Ohio State game. They matter just as much as the USC game, the Clemson game. They just matter. And you can't you can't get caught up of, you know, what these records look like on these other teams. The season as a whole, it's not broken down. You know, yeah, you play games week by week, but you evaluate the season as a whole. And that's what Notre Dame still needs to do to have a proper evaluation is to finish these two games out, just how they played the Ohio State games, the USC games, every other meaningful game this season. Yeah, so Andre on the quarterback development specifically says everything needs to be in-house because if we can't develop a quarterback, what are we then? What quarterback will come here? And that's exactly right. Like you've already taken transfer portal quarterbacks in two of the last three years. One of them worked out a lot better than the other one. And it's, you know, (laughs) the guy who we probably had a heck of a lot more questions about going into you know that season 2021 with Jack Cohn than Sam Hartman and you know like it it hasn't worked out the way anyone thought it was going to work out this year and so you know that's why I look at you know get like it, you just had the most experienced quarterback you're ever going to get and with all the touchdown passes and 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 everything else so now you're talking about you going out and getting another transfer portal quarterback for next year to mask some of the inexperience. And again, like what this guy, what, you know, things that you wanted him from behind the scenes in terms of helping the younger guys, all that kind of stuff. Like, I I just don't see how the benefits of going out and getting a guy to be your starter out of the transfer portal outweighs developing your own guys and setting setting that path forward with your program i just i i don't i don't see how how that that outweighs that do you no i i agree completely with what you're saying bobby thanks again for the super chat he says he loves the shirt go cowboys go irish at least there are some smart people <laughs> watching and listening to this show i kid of course but yeah I, I think tommy took off on us by the way i was like you know kind of throwing him you know some some fun little jabs with the marine corps birthday and stuff at the start but he didn't really bite on it so i, I think he's out there driving still just listening i think i think dk maybe summed it up best how should notre dame handle the quarterback situation some light torture this week sleep <laughs> deprecation waterboarding and the barney song on a continuous <laughs> loop i think that just might do it dk how do you have such a plan developed what are you trying to tell us right now
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.